Hey everybody, Dave and Sean here from Saturday Morning Cartoons. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up about our new sponsor this week. Sean, buddy, let me ask you a question. When you're looking for some new, maybe some southern fried hip-hop music, do you want to go out there and just, you know, throw caution to the wind and maybe, maybe roll the dice and not know what you're going to get? Or do you want something Ooh. that's curated, something that has Ooh. been thought about and handed to you with care and compassion? your tastes in in music yeah yeah curated music sounds like it's something that would be right up my alley especially when it comes to southern hip-hop yeah absolutely so i think you are the perfect audience for this week's sponsor crunk club crunk club hand crafts and picks some of the finest early to mid 2000s crunk hip-hop and delivers it straight to you each and every week for a low low price of 250 dollars a week now, what? I know it sounds a little excessive, but you, you got to hear you got to hear the stuff that comes with it. It's amazing. <laughs> Who are we talking about? What artists are we talking about that's in Crunk Club? Well, now it depends. It depends on what level of uh, of Crunk you want to get into. So, okay. you know, where would you say your your level is at right now? I'm probably like around uh, like a Little John and sometimes like a, an LMFAO with some party rock. Okay, so you want the East Side Boys package. That's what you okay. want. You want to you want to go to crunkclub.com backslash SMC and you want to look for the Eastside Boys package. Now, for listeners out there who maybe aren't quite sure that they want to get into Crunk so much, you might want to look for like a David Banner package. For people on the other end of the spectrum, you, you got to go full Lil John. And what you get with a full Lil John, you will get a custom grill sent to you each and every week. Each and every week through crunkclub.com. It's, it's an amazing sponsor. I'm super glad that we're sponsored by it this week. Uh, Sean, let the folks know uh, out there what our Passcode is this week for a special discount for crunkclub.com. Okay, of course, crunkclub.com slash SMC. Enter in the coupon code MORNING. That's morning with a U, and you will get absolutely GD nothing. That's right. There's, uh, there's nothing involved in this, guys. Look, we, we don't want to do ads at the beginning of the show. We enjoy making fun and spoofing these. Oh, yeah. They're way too much fun for us, and we will continue to do that. But what we really love you to do is head over to patreon.com slash Cartoons. And support the show. For the price of a cup of coffee a month, you can support high-quality podcasting like Saturday Morning Cartoons, which is released weekly. So this month for New Year's Nicktoons, you are getting five episodes for the price of a cup of coffee, which could be $1.50 or 3 bucks, depending on what you're going for. So head on over to patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons. Please support the show. Thank you. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from Sheltered Shrubs, Connecticut, I'll be your co-host, Dave Trumbor. Joining me as always, our very own ginger, Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going, Sean? God damn it. <laughs> David, 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 I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? I mean, that one was right there for me. That's, that's low-hanging fruit, bro. Oh, man, that was the lowest-hanging fruit it that was. you could have picked. And we picked it, we ate it, and we cleared it out. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of Thank you for so calling much. me off being a ginger. Now, why would I call you a ginger when we've been doing this for 136 episodes and I don't think I've called out your gingerness very many times? Why would I do that tonight? Oh, uh, interestingly enough, because we are getting into the Nicktoon as told by Ginger. Curious. Have you seen this yeah. one before? Did you watch it before uh, tonight? I have watched a couple episodes of it, but I'll be honest with you, nothing, st- I, I can't remember anything and nothing really stood out, but I was super aware of it. Um, so this was, this was interesting to get back into. Yeah. For me, I'd, I'd never, I don't even think I was aware of the title. I definitely what? never watched it. Yeah. I don't remember this at all. 
at all. Like, it wasn't even on my mm. radar. The first time it was is when we were putting our list together for New Year's Nicktoons, the third annual New Year's Nicktoons, and this came up, and certain friends of ours were like, oh, man, I love that show, and I almost don't want to be on your show in case you hate it because I love it so much. So <laughs> I think I, as far as I go, I did not hate this Nicktoon. I was pleasantly surprised by it. How about you? Yeah. No, I was, uh, I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I think the thing that we should definitely mention right now yeah is that we are two white, straight men, and we are about to talk about girls in high school. Yeah. And so we understand that in terms of our frame of reference, uh, it might not be uh, so spot on. So <laughs> That's to, being uh, generous, I think. It's being extremely generous to us. The great thing was, <laughs> as I was watching this, I'm like, I still, <laughs> I still don't understand. But at least from like an outsider perspective, rather than being like, in it in high school at least i can be like oh like it doesn't make sense but i can see how things play out oh, i've gotten to I, I that think, level in 34 years of life <laughs> i think even even being even being a male and 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 watching this i think that there were still a lot of relatable points oh, yeah. that were in this show and i watched this with friend of the show melanie harker nice. and at the end of this episode she turned to me and she was just kind of like I, she gives me the look like, I really hope that you enjoyed this show because it actually does a really good job of explaining and talking about sort of the, the social dynamics between women in high school uh, who are becoming, who are really becoming women and coming into their own at yeah. that point. And I was like, that's quite a look to communicate all of that well, in front of what? the show, Melanie Harker. That's, that's how women do. And that's why we <laughs> dum-dums don't understand it. <laughs> Because we I look and we're just like, are they asking for sex or are they? Are they asking? Are they just want to be friends. Look, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm very bad. We're, we're like very binary. Bad at all it's this. either a yes or no thing. <laughs> and move on. If it's neither of those, move on to the next question, which is usually food or sleep. <laughs> I cover, I cover the basic things needed for survival, <laughs> and then I worry about feelings and social structure. I'm essentially so, a robot. So sex, food, sleep, and then fourth place is feelings. Yeah. Emotional well-being. Emotional well-being. Social, I'm glad, social nuances. I'm, I'm really glad that in terms of uh, emotional mm -hmm. acuteness that we are both really taking a good care of ourselves. Oh, yeah. No, totally. I will say, though, in all seriousness, this was one of the best examples of just like high school or student life I've ever seen, definitely in a cartoon, but possibly in just like any TV show ever. Because there wasn't really anything that was over the top. There was nothing really cartoonish about this whatsoever. It was very much like a, it was almost like a live, you, you could take a live action script, take the script and turn it into a live action show. Yeah. And it would work out exactly the same. Nothing felt heavy handed no. or over the top. Things had a nice subtlety where you were kind of kept longing in moments where you're like, ooh, I wonder what the subtext right. is there. And we could definitely tell that this wasn't something where these aren't, these episodes aren't insular of themselves. Right. It feels like there's an entire continued storyline that may go over an entire season, if not the entire show, right. that kind of weaves the threads of a lot of these different relationships. And so uh, we were not obviously privy to all of them because we ended up watching a, an episode that I believe was in... It was near the uh, end. It was episode yeah. 55. So it was like third season, pretty close to the end. Right. And so, and this was the, this was the highest rated yep. 
episode that they had that was on IMDb. And so, uh, you know, you could already tell that there were a lot of established relationships and sort of those moments where people were communicating in, in, in a nonverbal fashion. Like, it's weird to see a cartoon kind of pick up on that nuance. Yeah, it was really well and do done. It, and do it so well that you're just you like that. I actually thought to myself, like, oh fuck, I might go back and watch a bunch of these. Yeah, which is rare for us, just because we have so little time to actually do it. But this seems like one that's worth watching from the beginning. And we'll yeah. talk about why. Uh, you brought up a good point about the narrative arcs. It's actually a really good jumping-off point for the history of As Told by Ginger. Sure. So, As Told by Ginger, also known as As Told by Ginger Foutley was an American animated television series that was aimed at teenagers, produced by Klasky Chupko, and aired on Nickelodeon. It ran for three seasons, totaling 60 episodes from 2000 to 2004, although some episodes remain unaired on U.S. television. It was nominated for three Primetime Emmy Awards for Outstanding Animated Programs. The series was praised and noted for the fact that it had ongoing story arcs and characters who developed age and even had wardrobe changes throughout the show, rare for an animated series. Yeah, that was kind of funny when I came across that because we don't really, we joke about it, but you don't really think about that that much. Yeah. That most I mean, cartoon characters we, like pick one, think of any one, and for the most Simpsons. part, yeah, they have the exact same South clothes. South Park. They have the exact same clothes. Exactly. They do change them on occasion, um, but it's noticeable when they change because you're just like, wait, who is this? Yeah. For a second, you have to be like, hold on, which characters? Especially South Park, where like, uh, that was going to sound weird if I said you take their clothes away and they all look exactly the same. Huh? Ooh. Yikes. But, uh, I'm actually curious about the episodes that didn't air on U.S. television. Yeah, what's like, that about? What, what dark content did Ginger get into? Oh. As told by Ginger. After dark. <laughs> I'd love to no. see Ginger the College Years. That would be a crazy cartoon. I would actually like to see G- As Told by Ginger mid-30s. I think that Ugh. that would be something I'd be like, uh, yeah, I can 100% relate I, to what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, I could go like, one of two, two ways, though. It might be entertaining, but it also might be too real for me. I think it would like, just be too, too much. real and sad and a lot of cats. I don't think so. I think no. that she would probably be... I think that she would probably be a strong businesswoman. Like, I'd love to see you know. that. Look, I, I'd love to see, as told by Ginger, grow up and then like have kids of her own and then go through this whole thing, but have sort of the, the parental figures. I know that they're fairly strong in this cartoon. We didn't see a lot of them, but they definitely had some I, nuances tonight that were very interesting. And yeah. I know that they play out throughout the uh, entire series. And it would be great if in the future version of the show, if just Macy Gray just makes random cameos in the background and you're like, oh, Macy Gray, what are you up to? I hope she plays like the grandmother. Oh, that'd be fun. Without explanation. Yeah, I don't care. We'll, we'll get to why Sean drop, name dropped Macy Gray in a second. But as for guys, I'm just, guys, for the rest of 2017, I'm just name dropping Macy Gray left and right. we don't know how long she's going to be with us. <laughs> oh. I know. It's a rough start. Jesus Christ. Hey, man, 2016 was brutal. We got to hold on to our precious darlings. Oh, my God. All right, as told by Ginger, here's what the show is actually about. The show focused mainly on the life of a junior high school student named Ginger Foutley. She, along with her friends Darren Patterson, Deidre Hortense Doty Bishop, that's all one name, by the way, Deidre Hortense Doty Bishop, and Macy Lightfoot try to rise from the position of school geeks as they solve many conflicts that come their way. At home, Ginger records her lively adventures in her diary. Her little brother Carl is often scheming with Robert Joseph Hoodsey Bishop in his own side plots, and her mother Lois is always there for advice, to which Ginger is always willing to listen. So it's just a nice slice of just junior high and high school life focused around this girl named Ginger. 
Right. That's pretty much it. And they do a really <sighs> good job with it, surprisingly. Yeah. Starting with the theme song. Right. So the Everybody. reason I mentioned Macy Gray yeah. was that Macy Gray actually recorded the theme song for this called I'm In Between. It is my second favorite Macy Gray song after I Try. And I it Try. Is, <laughs> it is also the, the second <laughs> Macy Gray song that I know now. Jeez. <laughs> so it works out. Storied career of Macy Gray. She's fantastic. But I just, it's very, it, so if you've, if you know I Try, the song I Try by Macy Gray, yep. and you listen to the theme song, I'm in between, mm-hmm. for As Told by Ginger, her voice is so distinct from I Try because that, I'm the same way. I, I feel bad saying this, but I Try is the only Macy Gray song that I know. Right. And, and when that came up, her, she is so unmistakable that I immediately was just like, that's fucking Macy Gray. Yeah. It's been like 15 I know. years it took one since bar, I tried. It took one bar of, of song lyrics, and I was just like, why is Macy Gray singing a cartoon song? I had to double that's check that it was the right theme song and that it wasn't like a weird cover that somebody had mashed up. Yeah. Uh, but no, that's this is from Nicktoons' that... legit site. Yeah. Even that first line that says, someone once told me yeah. the grass was much greener. I'm like, why is that Macy Gray? Why what is, is she Macy doing Gray? on this theme song? Yeah. It's amazing. I'm not doing any justice to my Macy Gray impression, but... I don't think anybody really can, except Macy Gray. <sighs> Live God. forever, Macy Gray. Make more cartoon theme songs. Yeah, really. But, uh, so, the theme song in itself, uh, the song, great. Okay. Uh, it, is, it is worth a listen. I, I thought that Macy Gray did an excellent job with this. I think that the story that it tells as you're listening to the music is very interesting because it sets up, sort of as David mentioned with the synopsis, sort of the, the hierarchy that they have within high school of a group of friends and then sort of some of these people who maybe look down to them, some of more of a popular right. persuasion of kids who just sort of don't feel that they're in their social strata uh, at that point. And, and it's, it's interesting to kind of see how they portray that with you know, some of the kids. Uh, I think the scene that they set up is uh, Ginger and her friends um, are waiting uh, to get picked up after school. Right. That was these, great. These popular, yeah, these popular kids uh, get into a chauffeured uh, car right. and, and leave and kind of look back at them menacingly like they're far above them and, and way better. And then you see a tow truck come carrying uh, Ginger's dad and towing their, their family sedan I think it was her mom, kind of in yeah. tow. Yeah. Maybe it was her mom. Yeah. Um, well, and I, the tone, and it one of her matter, parents, but it's a, it's an important distinction we'll talk about in a second here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so you can kind of see the the parent apologizing for what's going right. on, and just sort of the the embarrassment of Ginger as she's just like, "This cannot be my life." And it, it's it's so well communicated uh, to the audience that, like, you know, look, high school stuff. You know, I I. I recently was in a conversation with some people where they kind of had that question where they asked everybody, they were just like, were you popular in high school? And like, this was a question that was posed to like a large group of people. Right. And we kind of went around the room and like, it was, you know, it was, it was interesting to sort of see like where everybody stood because you, you look at everybody now and the impression that you have and the, and the friendship that you've built with these people, you just kind of assume that they've been like this forever. Right. You know, I don't know about you, Dave, but I definitely did not fall into like a specific click of people. And so it was, it was something where I, I kind of floated in between um, 
I wasn't popular. I was definitely not popular. Uh, but I wasn't like a like a like a weirdo geek. Like I did a lot of theater, um, and so my sexuality was called publicly into question yeah. uh, if it, quite if often. If your sexuality wasn't called into question in high school, then you were doing something wrong. But it was very weird because I, I always found this very interesting in high school that my sexuality was called into question by other guys who were doing theater with me, yeah. who were we were getting ready to either do a dance rehearsal or like a chorus ensemble to learn a song for Peter Pan. And people would be like, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to call Sean out in front of this, in front of a group of people. I'm just like, dude, you're about to sing the same stuff with me. It's the Lord of the flies thing where you have to do it first (sighs) or or risk being the one that has it done upon them. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I agree with you and, and yes, that is the case. That's high school. always so funny. It's just high school. It's just high school. And it's unfortunate that it's still kind of the way it is in the grown-up world, because a lot of people don't really mature beyond that point, but it is what it is. I didn't. I turned into a straight-up bully (laughs) in my mid-30s, and I'm garbage to other people now. And Sean just pushes around kids in high school. It's really (laughs) weird to watch. You know, they keep letting me come in, and nobody says anything. I'm going to show up. Like They have started to ban you from specific ones, but (sighs) you you just keep going to different schools. You just keep slipping in there, and uh, <laughs> people people don't... Co- no, settle down. <laughs> Slip into the school, oh, all right? Yeah. All right? Mm. And, then you, and then you let those kids catch some fists, you know, because uh, I want kids growing up strong. <laughs> they can bully me when they get in their mid-30s. I'm fine with that. This is going to be like a moment. This is definitely going to become one of those moments where it's like the beginning of Kill Bill. <laughs> Where like I've just m- murdered somebody in their kitchen and their child watched, and I'm just like, you know what? When you're older, if you've got beef, come and find me. Bring it on. I can't wait to revisit this episode in 30 years to see what Sean's <laughs> life has become as a retiree. I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> I'm just retired doing podcast cartoons. All right. So did you did you oh, like Hattori hands? Hattori hands a sword through my chest. Yeah. How it's all uh, yeah. Play. Okay, you did like this. Yeah. I like the music, and I, I really enjoyed the, the visual storytelling yeah. that was sort of behind it that uh, portrayed that hierarchy that they had for everybody. Yeah. So yes, I agree. Uh, the, the music was a little weird to me just because, A, it was Macy Gray. B, it was also weird to hear like what sounded like a single, you know, like a radio single um, okay. accompanying a cartoon. It worked, but I thought what was more compelling and more interesting was the difference between the two kind of social classes. So I use classes not just social classes, but the class divide. So classes as far as like the grades that the kids were in school, it definitely shows sure. some younger versus older kids, but also the social class as well. The kids that were kind of like in a, maybe not a rundown area, but just like more of a working class area versus a, a uh, upper class area. They did a really good job of doing that in like 45 seconds a minute. They did a nice right. job of setting the tone, letting you know who Ginger is and letting you know that she wasn't like this stuck up girl that had everything handed to her. Uh, she's got some issues to deal with, so they did a really good job with the theme song. Yeah, yeah. And we got we got a we got a little bit of a exposure to Carl and Hoodsy. And actually, let's start with those guys before we get into Ginger, yeah. because there's there there's a main plot in this episode that's called Dodie's Big Break, that focuses sure. on Ginger and her friends. But there's this cool little like side plot that kind of fractures into two smaller side plots, focusing on Ginger's younger brother Carl, and actually I believe it's Dodie's younger brother who goes by the nickname of Hoodsy. And they yeah. kind of pal around. They're in a younger grade. I think they're in like fourth grade. Maybe by this point, like sixth grade. Um, but yeah, they kind of hang out and they're just kind of rascals. And apparently they get into a lot of scheming. They have a lot of 
ventures that they're trying to pull off on various episodes. So what are they up to? What's Carl up to this episode? Oh, man, they are in the wild world of real estate. Cutting edge. Because nothing, nothing screams sixth, maybe seventh grade, like real estate endeavors. Which is probably the most cartoonish thing in this show. It's probably the thing that is least practical or realistic, but it's hilarious. They do, they do a but really good did, job with the joke. But did you have anybody that, like, when you were that young, that you were just kind of like, oh, you know, I wonder how that thing works. Like, I wonder how that, that line of work, I wonder how that job, that thing happens. I had a friend whose dad was a chemical engineer at, like, a, a, a chemical plant nearby. Okay. But, yeah, then we actually visited that place, and I was just like, oh, I still don't understand what the hell's going on. <laughs> I love that they took elementary school kids to a chemical plant. They gave us hard hats and safety glasses. That was from. Oh, that's cool. And that explains why I have a third arm. So, oh, yeah, boy. it was just kind of, it seemed less like I'm interested in his profession and more like I want to do what he does because he's rich and I want all that money. It's kind of what it seemed like. Well, it's, uh, it seemed like, and I, I don't, because it, it, at no point did you really understand the amount of money. I don't know that it felt like it was more of a status play. Okay. It felt like it was something where he, there was the perceived idea from Carl that Buddy Baker, this real estate agent, by. was, oh, who was uh, it? It was Ben Stein. It was Ben Stein? Yeah. Okay, that's who I thought it was. Thank yeah, you. Um, and so, uh, so Buddy Baker uh, has this perceived, um, very kind of, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know how I would say it. It, 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 was, it was a very high status character. Yeah. He seemed to, be, seemed to be a mover and a shaker. Definitely. And somebody who who made connections and knew people and was able to get stuff around and and you find that that perceived notion of somebody isn't always necessarily the case, um, which I think is an interesting lesson to learn, especially for a kid or a teenager that would be watching this. That you know, I guess it's maybe that adage you can't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, and in usually this case, it's, yeah, usually it's in the other way where it's like you don't want to disparage somebody based on their appearance, but in this case, it's like somebody looks successful, but they're actually a bag of shit. So maybe don't mimic your life after them. But what was... Don't worry. Yeah. That still rings true for the rest of your it life, really everybody. Does. These are good lessons uh, learned. What I thought non-stop was... garbage. What I thought was interesting here was this, this brief interaction. And again, you got to remember that Sean and I are coming to this really not having seen any others before this. So if we've missed some of these clues along the way, or if we don't quite pick up on something that people who have watched all 60 episodes know, that's because we came into this cold. So... The show actually did a really good job of laying out things we needed to know without just heaping exposition on us. So Carl and Hoodsy are hanging out, and Hoodsy kind of wants to go check out this quote-unquote like infectious diseases exhibit, Uh, but they end up splitting and going separate ways because Carl wants to do all the real estate stuff. Now, before they do that, this fella comes up by the name of uh, Dr. David Dave, and he talks to Carl, and he says, look, it's, it's take your son to work day if you want to come to the hospital with me i know i'm not your real dad but you know i'm, I'm still spend time with your mom or something like that and i was just like oh that's interesting i've never seen a cartoon where a soon-to-be stepfather's interacting with his soon-to-be stepson and i'll be honest with you it was so refreshing because yeah. that like writers take note that little look i know i'm not your real dad yeah. but i still want to have this interaction with you that level of of earnestness and just concise writing of just you know what it didn't need to again not heavy-handed it slipped it in there 
but it was still extremely noticeable to anybody watching that you'd be like oh like i understand now exactly what the relationship is with this uh proceed with having fun with this idea of selling real estate with you know buddy baker well yeah and what i love was that the the soon-to-be stepdad was kind of like awkwardly approaching the kid like he didn't know how to talk to him it wasn't an authoritative approach it wasn't like i'm gonna be your father so you're coming with me to work he was like uh, if you want, like we're doing this thing and it would be great. Your mom think it would be great. And Carl's just like, no, nah, I've talked to mom and she says I should just, I should just be like a real estate broker or something weird. <laughs> I love the idea that you have. You're just like, it wasn't authoritative. Like it wasn't a kidnapping. It wasn't. He didn't, he didn't roll up a in a van. And like bring him to a pathology <laughs> department and explain to him a little bit more about infectious diseases. Which is more or less what he did with Hoodsy, which we'll talk about in a second. <laughs> All right, so how does Carl's real estate dreams, how do they start out? So it, it seemed like, you know, the, the idea is that he had the best intentions, right. that, you know, it was something that, like, you are selling the American dream. Yeah. And I guess, you know, for the time that this came out, like 2000, 2004 pre-housing crisis, yeah, exactly. like for a lot of people, that was probably, you know, that, that, and I still think that for a lot of people, that is sometimes an American dream, is like home ownership, like Definitely. having... Like having something like that, you know, and it's and it's challenging. And if anybody's ever gone through the process, it's a fucking bear. It was really like, tough it's... hearing him when he's talking to the kids because he's like handing out business cards in the lunchroom and trying to get like the kids to talk to their parents about buying a house. And he says, right. you know, you'll never find mortgage interest rates this low. And I was just like, oh, like it was a really tough line to hear like uh. pre-housing market crisis but well the whole part where he was just like look what we're doing is we're buying up these toxic assets and we're not really recording them on any ledger for any part of our company and then what we're going to do later is then we're going to try to liquefy them without you know uh any governing body that might want to know exactly what we're selling finding out about these assets it was really weird to find that the adam mckay's the big short lifted most of their dialogue from as told by ginger (laughs) really strange but i guess they deserve that oscar it's very weird that this sort of segued. This was the precursor to Too Big to Fail. So it's really, or the prequel to Too Big to Fail. So if you really watch this, The Big Short and then Too Big to Fail, as told by Ginger, is sort of the, the bookend for that trilogy. Yeah, so got their finger on the pulse. Amazing. So actually, and in keeping short. it with that theme, so what Carl thinks is like this greatest thing about providing the American dream turns into what he calls the American nightmare fairly quickly. Yeah. So quickly, in fact, that it was kind of a little rushed because he's a side story. They only had a few frames to get this in. But what happens right. when he goes with Buddy to the house that he's trying to shill on this like expectant couple who's trying to buy their first house? So the idea is that he really is sort of I know what they want. I know what I can do for them. I'm making this happen. This is this is going to this is going to come to fruition. Yeah. And 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 Carl really sees through the bullshit right away and is just like this this sounds like lying to which Buddy responds with it's repackaging the truth. Such a scummy At that line. moment I just like face palmed so hard. I was like what a bag of shit. So essentially Buddy has brought Carl along to be sort of like a tool in his in his marketing to this family. So he's like a little kid, he's going to do some spontaneous activities like run around and talk slide about slide down a banister yeah. at a certain time and just be like, "Hey, finger guns." Hey, this would be a great place for kids to grow up. Like he's he's basically yeah. like a plant, right? But yeah. Carl's smarter than that and he sees this like run down dilapidated house with like a, a broken down everything and just takes the expectant uh wife mother aside and is just like 
they basically asked him to say something about the tire swing and he's like you know tire swings are known to harbor encephalitis causing mosquitoes yeah <laughs> and she just kind of looks at the camera so <laughs> carl does the right the thing breeding again. breeding grounds for encephalitis grounds. so that was pretty God. good that's pretty good. Uh, if you guys don't know what encephalitis is, it is terrible. So it's a terrible thing. Swell your brains don't, up. Don't. Sometimes it's one of those things where you just like don't. It is. It's a. It's a brain swelling, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, encephalitis is sort of like a lining. I think it's one of the linings uh, around the brain. Yeah. And anything with an itis, if you ever hear that, is just swelling or inflammation of. So. That. Yikes, guys! Don't Google it. Is what we're trying to say. Keep that out of your browser history. Yeah, I guess then there's also what. Hydra. Well, we're not going to get into it. The whole Zika thing, but oh, look at hydroencephalitis on the Googles. Yeah, don't do or that. listen to Sawbones. Oh fuck, man. So th- this whole thing kind of rounds out with Carl and Hoodsy meeting back up. Then, right? Yeah, I think one of my favorite parts was Hoodsy then kind of went aside with Doctor David Dave, took him up on his offer to head to the hospital where the doc. <laughs> This was super <laughs> this a against, cool scene. It was a cool scene, but it was super against HIPAA regulations. Oh, uh, yeah. He's like, hey, I'm going to show you something, and it's going to blow your mind. It's, it, might ruin, it might ruin your plans to go to med school, maybe even dental school. It's like, are you ready? He's like, come on, man, just show me the thing. He's like a little. Junkie. I love the entire time Hoodsy's just like, I had no plan on going to any of these yeah, things anyway, no. so just sh- do it. Just do show it. me the thing. And he ends up showing him an x-ray of basically like a man who had uh, a not fully developed like parasitic twin in his like <laughs> chest cavity and i was like oh they didn't even show it you saw like a he's like keep an eye out for the tooth and all you saw was like a little <laughs> tiny head within a man's like x-ray body but they didn't linger on it but it was just kind of a cute scene so then it ends up that hoodsy is like running medicines and supplies for doctors in the hospital like by the end of this day and that's where he and carl meet back up in the elevator yeah and they have this moment where they, they kind of think like, you know, there could be some scheme or there could be something crazy with like, you know, tape or all of the, the medical tape that they have yeah. that's, that's there, like selling medical tape to people. And it kind of gets quickly dismissed as something of just like, hey, do you want to come and watch a surgery with yeah. me? To which Carl is just like, uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, and just like young kids who are excited about something that possibly involves gore, yeah. they immediately bolt out of the elevator. <laughs> And make a mad dash to evidently it, it was it something where they had like the yeah but like was it something where they had like a like a stadium set up they like might the, have had the operating theater yeah because they said they the had medical like an operating... students always beat them and got the best seats so yeah I'd imagine yes. it's an operating theater so I just imagine these two kids just being in like awe and these yeah. you know doctors to be just being like oh, this is gonna be the rest of my and life and that's how Doogie Hauser started oh. But no, it was great because we got to see the kind of younger kids a little bit here too, which was a great counterpoint to the older kids who we will talk about now. So yeah. the interesting thing about Dodie's big break is that we're meeting Ginger, the title character, and then Sean and I are meeting her literally on her worst day. This is a pretty bad yeah. day for Ginger, and she's not mm-hmm. in her best. She does not have her best foot forward at this point. What, what's her deal right now? She, uh, her appendix burst. Yeah. Previous she episode. Had a, she, had an, she had an appendectomy. Right. And, um, and I, I didn't know that like a result of having an appendectomy was raccoon eyes. I think so. If you have the appendix out, that's just kind of like a normal surgery and you're probably fine. If you have one that actually bursts and then you have to have emergency surgery for that, you're probably going to be feeling junky for a while. I don't know about the raccoon eyes and the blush so much, but maybe that's a thing. We'll ask Dr. Well, guys, that's actually, that's actually how I look normally is I just have 
terrible raccoon eyes, but I pinched my cheeks real hard because I'm just like... <laughs> to really contrast the two. Yeah. Like, to really make your <laughs> raccoon eyes noticeable. I want one to cancel out the yeah. other. Said you just look like it, a freakish clown wandering through the halls of a high school, which is why you're not allowed not. to go there anymore. Hey, it doesn't work, but I'm trying. I know. We appreciate it. Christ. The good thing is right. if you show up to school like that, you just want to get all the interactions with your best friends out of the way as quickly as possible, right? Yeah. She's walking around holding her side like she just ran. Like she's me in middle school after running like a mile yeah. and just has the worst side stitch ever. And it's just like, oh, God, I just had surgery. Oh, she, she's in trying to... rough shape this entire episode because she's always holding her stomach. She's always got the raccoon eyes. She's always kind of like doubled over and just kind of grumbling through everything. She's not exactly complaining, but no one's really giving her a break either. So it's pretty tough. Bef- before they explain that she had an appendectomy, yes. was it something where you're just like, oh, fuck, did she like watch train spotting and go down like a downward spiral? <laughs> yes, like, as what told the by hell Ginger, happened? follow up to train spotting. Can't wait to see as told, As told by Ginger, colon, Requiem for a Ginger. Ooh, yikes. <laughs> Ooh, it's just the Kronos Symphony Orchestra in the background. That would be the college years. Yeah. That's the college years. Oh, but it's not all about Ginger this time around. What is up? with Dodie because she gets the title treatment in this episode. So what's, what's oh, Dodie sure. up to? First of all, give us what uh, you think her background probably is because we're just assuming and inferring things here versus what happens sh- in this episode. Sure, sure, sure. Mouth breather. Okay, fair. Also helium sucker, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, I can see yeah, that. Just, there's a couple uh, voices in here that were just like nails on a chalkboard for me, but I, I got used to them. I got used to them. Yeah, I, I, so I think Dodie in terms of... Uh, so like the, the group that we have uh, we have ginger and and she sort of seems kind of maybe like the the brooding team sure i could see that appendectic you know? brooding team uh, is her sure uh we have her other friend macy mm-hmm. lightfoot who is sort of like the i don't want to say know-it-all because that's never how she came up no, but, but like nerdy, very very brainy. intelligent yeah. very very brainy but also kind um, of a, a little timid and kind of wants to please everybody so she's a little more sure timid. yeah yeah, friendly. Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, put a but not like outgoing. Spin on this. Yeah, yeah, but friendly. Like she cares. She really cares. She likes cares. Uh, she like cares. Uh, oh god, what if we just did the rest of the? What if we just did the rest of the podcast? Like I would call your sexuality into question before oh. you could do the same to me. <laughs> gotta get that. High, gotta get that hierarchy on the show. Establish it right I'm away. I'm learning things from high school. Damn it. Okay. So, so we, uh, we get this thing where we have Dodie, who it sort of seems like in terms of this triad, mm-hmm. that she is sort of the over-enthusiastic. She seems like she's the person who is desperately attempting to claw into a higher status wh- than she currently so is. So Dodie, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah Dodie. Definitely. And so it felt like she was desperate. And you find out that that, that is the yeah. case. She's Desperate. She's been trying to do she, that for apparently years at this point. Trying to get in yeah. with like the popular clique, the cheerleaders, the pep squad, the anything. And that's that's hard. Yeah. That's hard to be in that position where you're just like, look, I appreciate and I'm friends with the people who are around me, and I, I'm thankful that they've been as supportive but I just as want they have something been. Better. But like, I just wanna just wanna be more popular. See, th- this really reminded me. It was weird kind of watching it here because it's just like groups of girls that are kind of like set in opposition to each other and kind of are backstabbing each other and undermining each other. And obviously that's just high school and that's just life. But for me, you know, if you were, if you had dude friends in high school or whatever, and if you had a beef, you just kind of either like fought it out or just yelled it out and then you were over it. 
wasn't a big deal. Being right. friends with girls, like being friends with a big group of girls that at one point, once everybody's hormones start acting up, like they just fracture. And now it's that one set of girls who you're still friends with is like at war with another set of girls who you're still friends with. As a dude in that situation, that's pretty much impossible. Because A, no, we don't know what the out, hell's going run on. Away. B, we're probably super attracted to everyone involved. And C, <laughs> you can't really take sides. Because if you take one side from one person, you're going to piss off everybody else. It's a no-win situation for us. Other yeah. than just be like the aloof cool dude who's just like not too close to anybody and just stays out of everything. But at that point, you man, just... you're already too deep into the <laughs> friendship, so you're fucked. Moral of the story like... is just don't give a shit. The entire time you're like, why does that one kid who's like 16 years old and he has a motorcycle and he's just smoking outside all the time? Like, what is up with Dylan and why is he so cool? Yeah, he's so cool and I want to be just like Dylan, but I don't get God. it. God. Dylan's so cool. Fuck Dylan. I do like that. I mean, we're getting away from the main plot here, but I do like that they had other <laughs> like random kids that would come in from time to time. Like there was one kid like just in the background. There was like, like a heavyset kid with like kind of afro hair that walked by at one point. There was a kid sure. with like a leather jacket and a nose ring and a mohawk that walked by. But just in the background, like they didn't talk to yeah. him. He didn't have a name. They just kind of like glanced at him and went about their business. So they're just hitting those high school tropes. That's right. And that's good. Out. I, I enjoy that. Um, but to answer your question, yes. Dodie has become the Pep Squad's mascot. Yes. And she is a gopher. She sure is in a which full costume and everything. And right, and she has explained that she is essentially the pep squad's pep squad. Yeah, she's super excited about it too. Yeah, which she she's, should be. It seems like she's been like practicing that for years and years, and finally has a chance to actually join the popular clique. Right, and it, it seems and so at first it seems fine. It, it seems like she's not really going to break that barrier between mascot and friends with cheerleaders. Uh, <laughs> so. So, I mean, for Ginger and Macy, like, it seems fine. Like, they're encouraging her. They go to the pep rally, even though Ginger's not feeling well. And they encourage her. And then disaster strikes. Oh, man. Does it? Uh, Dodie is, is in the process of sort of going through this gopher-inspired uh, choreography. And there's also a goat she, there, which I didn't 100% understand. I didn't get Why that either. That, I mean, they threw it in there, and I was like, you know what? Why sure, not? Goats, whatever. <laughs> like, Schools need goats. They're not gonna. They're not gonna emphasize it. You know, I could see goat. See, like you know, L Cool J goat, like greatest of all time. Like you know, cool, whatever. Sure, but this not was an deal. actual goat. L Cool J was not the third mascot of the school, but wait, he's not a real goat. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, so they have this thing where uh, she's she's doing this gopher choreography, and the the rest of the the pep squad, the rest of these cheerleaders. They are, um, they're doing like the pyramid. They're doing like everybody standing on top of each other's shoulders style pyramids. It's, so it's not it's, like the one yeah, was just, where they're like just, on the ground. No, no, no. You know, like on all fours, sort of like in like a neutral spine, like cat cow. You know, if you want to get yoga about this. What kind of videos are you watching? Cheerleaderyogapyramids.com. Whatever. I will go um, to that site now. Um, whatever. But, but, <laughs> but they, actually, but on this pyramid, there's a very important point. Uh, which is a side point to, to Ginger's kind of like ongoing story. Who's at the top of the pyramid? Do you remember? Even if you don't know her name. Oh, just... oh it was uh, Simone. Yeah. So she's like, I don't know if she's head yeah. cheerleader or what, but she happens to be dating Darren, who, as we mentioned yeah. in our synopsis, I feel like we're, we're talking about like a, a soap opera or something now, or like Dawson's but Creek. It, but or... it is. But it, like, it is. But this it really is, is really very operatic. Look, it was, like, it was in very the fact much that, like... like in the vein of like a Dawson's Creek or do you remember this one? Swan's Crossing? 
No. Oh, I, no one I've ever talked to has ever watched Swans Crossing, except apparently me when I was like 11. <laughs> so go look that one up. That's a good <laughs> nugget of nostalgia for you. Swans Crossing. Swans it was on like 6.30 on weekday mornings. I think it was like an Australian soap that I was just like entranced by because it made no sense and it's, to me. Well, I mean, like the, uh, the only thing I'm imagining is that it was like Dawson's yep. Creek, but with actual real live swans. I wish. <laughs> like, they did have swans Looking very the longingly. They did have swans Looking very longingly the off to the just, side. Huh? God, that swan is so fucking pensive right now. What's he up to? the most pensive fucking swan I've ever seen. All right. So... The, the girl at the top of this pyramid is dating Ginger's former sort of best friend, Darren, because he's now apparently, I don't know what he was like before, but he's now like too cool for school and he's like a, a star athlete and he, he still says hi to Ginger and stuff in the hallways and he's super awkward with his new girlfriend, Simone, but they're still together and that makes things awkward for everybody else involved. So it's just kind of yeah. cool little side story, this ongoing saga in Ginger's life. So that's just, we just see that and then we kind of flash back to Dodie. Right. Uh, so Dodie smashes into this uh, shoulder, shoulder to shoulder pyramid yeah. that they have that's going on, knocks everybody over, and you're just like, oh no, oh no. this is going to be like, I've seen terrible things. Like, you know, who hasn't seen Bring It On? Like, this could end a career. That was a terrible thing. Um, it was a terrible thing. Uh, and so it's something where then Dodie, the next day, you find out. Uh, she's in a wheelchair. Oh, she's in a wheelchair, it. and she's she's surrounded by all of the cheerleaders, uh, very enthusiastically, yeah. and they're very supportive of everything that's happened to her. Yeah. So first point um, I want to make is title is called Dodie's Big Break, and guess what? That's a double entendre. <laughs> Take that. Second of all, yeah, it was kind of cool of the pep squad and the coach to make Dodie an official member of the pep squad, including what skirt and sweater that they gave her. Right. She's in her wheelchair. But she uh, is now part of the pep squad. So congratulations. So the, the big thing that we need to yeah. now understand is that so like Ginger has gone through a very serious surgery yeah. um, and she is not in great shape. And people are treating uh, her like crap, including her teacher. Yeah. People are really treating her like Do you shit. Remember her teacher when and, she said when she walks in the door literally nine seconds late? Uh, yeah. She, <laughs> oh, my God. She goes, uh... <laughs> Um, oh god! It's, it's basically it just to the about, effect like, that like uh, life doesn't oh, care. Life about doesn't care about your appendix. Yeah. Life nice doesn't teacher. care about your appendix. I was like, what a bee! Ah, that was pretty rough. So Ginger's having a rough time. Nobody's really giving her the time of day, but they're also not being super friendly about it. And then she sees and, uh, Dodie to go yeah. and to go along with this. We have Dodie who's now in a wheelchair. Yep. Who you're like, oh no, Dodie's not doing all right either, or is or she? Is she? So it turns out um, that Dodie got pretty much everything she ever wanted, and she's super thrilled about that. And she's surrounded by all her popular friends to the point that, you know, Ginger and Macy can't even, like, get to talk to her at lunch. They can't even break through this, like, multi-headed hydra of cheerleaders that keep uh, running interference. That was a really fun a game that scene. they had that was going. That was a great scene of just these, these cheerleaders in a cluster or as, uh, as uh, her Macy friend uh, described, yeah, as, as Lightfoot. Uh, had described them, uh, you know, that uh, g- girls are, um, girls like that are like uh, a human artichoke. Yeah. Is what she and at said. first you're just like, wait, what? And then as what? you see it, they're, yeah, they're literally clustered around in like protective layers. So that if you talk to right. one, she'll poke her head out and talk to you, but then she'll go back in and another one will come out. It, it was more like, for me, it was more like a hydra. You had to like cut the head off of Ooh. one and then two more would come up. So, yeah. 
I guess I guess maybe the Hydra thing doesn't work so well uh, when you're two high school when girls, you're two white men talking about cutting yes. the heads off high school girls. <laughs> well, touche. <laughs> yeah, she's a real Hydra. Girls are real Hydras. You just gotta cut their heads off. Uh, Guys, the only, the only kind of Hydra that I think that we can all support is Hydra. Hydra. Moving on. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the the main thing with this is that Dodie. Jody actually doesn't need the wheelchair. Yeah, so like the girls, she's actually, to she's to milking lunch, this. And she's they, milking they it. They can't. So they're like, all right, we're going to get a gift basket together. We're going to take it to her house where we can actually get to her without these Hydra chicks running interference. So they get to her house. What's her deal? What's she doing? She's, uh, she's doing cartwheels. She's jumping around she's doing like cartwheels an idiot. in the living room. Yeah. Jumping around, flipping like around. Wheelchair off to the yeah, side. And she is just, she's just tumbling in, the, in her living room, which oddly enough, her living room has like an enormous like a gym mat that is it's like it looked like it was like 36 by 36 i, I, I was think, like who has this in their I fucking house i think this family is a little more well off as you can tell by her like five name name i think they're supposed okay. to be a little more well off so the space and okay. the amenities don't really surprise me most rich people have a 40 by 40 gym mat uh in a dedicated room oh Just yeah a room for that the, the tumbling room that's what they call it the tumbling yeah. tumbling room, room. <laughs> But yeah, you know, she, yeah, she goes through this whole act, process basically. of, they, they catch her in the act, uh, they expose her for, for what's going on, and she tries, yeah, and it, it just, uh, and she just really kind of talks about the fact that, like, you know, she's like, it doesn't matter, she's like, I'm, I'm getting what I want, I'm, I've never been happier, uh, you know, and, and I, you, in that moment, you can see a little bit of jealousy, you oh, can definitely. see a little bit of jealousy on Ginger's part, because she's like, I didn't get anything, nor did I ask for anything, right. I'm just looking for like I'm just looking for a small monicum of consideration regarding the fact that I just had surgery and I was nine seconds late to class. Yeah. Like I don't need to catch lip, you know, from this. Like I know what's going on. It hurts to walk. Yeah, and you then know? that, and, and now then we have Dodie, who's like, like I can't walk. Yeah, and then to watch Dodie lie her way into a position and then not come clean about it. So over the course of the rest of the episode, they, her and Ginger and Macy are kind of like at different times, pulling off different schemes to try to like either trick Dodie into walking and revealing that she's been faking or actually force her to walk. Yeah. And it gets a little weird from time to time because it makes Ginger and Macy come off looking like the bad people, mostly Ginger, because she's the one that's really kind of pushing it. Macy's kind of like a little more reserved and a little apologetic. Like I like when they're out in the parking lot trying to force her to stand up in the wheelchair and that was a weird scene. It was scene. a weird scene, but I love that Macy was standing in like the handicapped parking and then just like when Dodie calls her out, she just like jumps out of it. She's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> just like super cute little moments like that where it's like at one moment you can be trying to force someone to admit that they're faking an injury and at the next moment just be like super apologetic and, and subordinate almost. Yeah. You know, so I, I think ultimately the, the idea that Ginger is really trying to convey to her friend Dodie is that, look, you need to, if you're going to get something, you need to earn that right, thing. Right. It's better when you're honest about it and you earn that thing within your own And right. what's interesting is that Ginger not only has to explain it to Dodie, she also has to explain it to the probably 41-year-old coach of the pep squad. Yeah. Yeah. So it's getting at this, this point, coach, coach Candace. Coach Candace. Uh, Ginger basically has to go and talk to the coach one-on-one and and ginger only goes because candace comes clean about everything that was going on and gets a dodie comes clean i'm sorry dodie comes clean and she gets kicked off of 
not only just the pep squad in general, but she's no longer allowed to be the gopher mascot anymore. Right. So she's done. She's, done. she's 100% yeah. done. So at that point, Ginger has to kind of talk to the coach and just be like, look, I know what she did was wrong, but this really means everything to her. And you should owe it to her to at least like give her a tryout and just see if right. she can earn her place onto the squad. And then it turns out that apparently this coach has been harboring her own failures for like t- literally 23 years where she tried to make the pep squad when she was a high schooler and never did. So now she's essentially just taking her frustrations out on, on Dodie because she can. And yeah. Ginger now has to be the adult in the room, which, which did come up with one of the best lines of the entire episode that actually made me laugh out loud. So Ginger basically outsmarted this coach and just be like, uh, you're not treating her fair and you're doing the same thing to her that people did to you back in the day, and that's not super fair either. To which the right. coach goes, you must be one of those AP kids. Which yep. I love. <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, so then basically by the, the end of this, Dodie is able to try out again. Uh, how does that go for her? Because in, in, most, in most movies like this, she would land on the team and she'd be great and everybody would be super happy. How's it go for Dodie? Uh, it was really funny because as she's explaining the excitement yeah. about it, she's like, I'm going to do three backflips yeah. and five armless cartwheels. And I was like, you're going to die. And then they pan out to her. Yeah with like a muscle cramp, yeah. like in a position where it looks like she jumped off of like a, a building, <laughs> like it just like hit the ground. Yeah. Her leg was like all like, backwards oh, no. at that point. Yeah. I was really concerned that we had another third meaning of Dodie's big break. Oh no. But you know, uh, she doesn't make it on the nope. team. She's allowed to come back and be the mascot yeah. gopher. Uh, and she can try out again. Next Which is year. how it all should work out. And so it comes to that question where, you know, Ginger poses to Dodie and she says, you know, it's, it's good to come clean. Yeah. To which I ask you, Dave, is it, is it good to come Look, clean? Look, and here's the thing. I was trying not to get too, like, philosophical with this because mm-hmm. I've gotten to the point kind of in life where I'm just, like, trying to get over how upset I am with stories like this from childhood. Where it's like they give you that moral, but then they don't tell you that most people don't really abide to those morals in life. So it's like you're supposed to follow this golden rule kind of thing and you're supposed to do, you know, follow this right path. But since most people don't, then the people who do just kind of end up getting screwed at the end. So the fact that like 99% of our stories that we're told are like morally upstanding, but practically just completely wrong. uh, But I don't know. Then there's some part of me that is still like, well, that's why we need these stories because people are not doing what they're supposed to do. So if we can teach people when they're younger, how they're supposed to act and function in a civilized society, then hopefully, you know, lessons like this will stick with them. Um, I mean, I'm sure you have, and everybody out there listening, I'm sure you have moments in your life where you, you had a choice, and you will continue to have these moments. You have a choice. You can either come clean and confess to something. something it could be something minor. It could be something major. I'm not, I'm not telling you to go to the, you know, <laughs> go to the Catholic Church and <laughs> unload. What are you saying, Dave? No, but simple things like, so I took a, I took a test in, I don't know, an upper level bio class in college once, right? And okay. I was going over the, the scores and the professor gave me like a 98, but I looked at it and I was like, uh, I, I added up his markings. I'm like, no, this is actually supposed to be like an 88. You wrote the wrong thing down. And he was like, oh, thank you so much for bringing this to my attention. Now, if I'd learned anything from movies, TV shows, cartoons, the teacher would have been like, you know what, young man, for your upstanding moral fiber, I'm going to give you that 98 anyway. 
Instead, the professor was just like, well, it's an 88, so that's what's going in the book, but I do appreciate your honesty. And I was just like, son of a bitch, if I'd have just kept my mouth shut, I'd have had an A-plus in the class. But it's like, it's little things like that where, at the end of the day, sometimes you're the only one who's going, unless you believe in a higher power, you're the only one who's going to know the truth at the end of the day. And over years, you can convince yourself otherwise, you can talk yourself out of how things happen, but for the most part, you're the only one who ever knows the truth. So it's really up to your own character whether or not you come clean for things or whether you just kind of hold on to that for the rest of your life and are okay with it or aren't. So the fact that like this cartoon in this one particular episode really knocked out of the park all those really rich, complex philosophical themes and showed you the way that it should be done was really impressive. And they didn't do it in a ham-fisted way. You didn't have, you know, G.I. Joe coming in and saving a kid at the end with a PSA. <laughs> you know, they did it through honest interactions, practical examples from, from society, and, and then they ended it with how things should have happened. Would yeah. this actually happen in a real school? Probably uh. not. Um, but yeah, so the moral was great. Um, I just get a little, because I'm old and jaded, uh, I, I, wish it, I wish it worked this way in real life, is all I'm saying. What's up, bud? No, I agree. Okay. Any final thoughts I agree on... With, I, I agree with curmudgeonly Dave. Yeah, unfortunately, that's where we are. I can't wait to be like old, rich Ebenezer Scrooge Dave. I'm super waiting for that, uh, that I time just, of my life. I just want to get to the point in my life where three ghosts are going to visit wait. me in some Dickensian nightmare, and I'm just going to be like, I made it! I made I'm it! Don't give here. a shit! Yeah. I get a Christmas <laughs> and I can go back an and recap on those three minutes or those three instances that like things should have gone in a different yeah. manner where I should have had taken the higher road and something and I could be like oh I'm morally garbage so thumbs up see but me. I would love it if the ghost came back and they were just like oh, I took you to your past but uh, it's not really anything we can do here so let's just jump ahead to the next one and then they get to the end they just be like sorry dude there's really nothing we can do you're just you're done your toast. <laughs> I want it to be something where three ghosts are like primed and like on deck and they just go back and look at moments in my life and they're just like, ooh, we're going to need more ghosts. <laughs> we're we're going like, to call Bring it on, ghosts. buddy. I just want one of my ghosts to be Optimus Prime. <laughs> oh. Man, I'm going to, I think I'll be in like the loony bin at this point and the three ghosts will just be like weird cartoon <laughs> characters from my past. <laughs> It'll be Lino, yep. Optimus Prime, and Snarf. Oh, you're so good until the Snarf. Snarf, uh, though Snarf it's... as Christmas yet to come in a little cloak with red glowing oh, eyes and a oh, scythe. Oh, be... Dave, okay. I'm gonna bring Dave, I'm gonna bring you back <laughs> and have you Snarf talk about this. And then I kill Snarf and I ruin the whole thing. <laughs> oh, Jesus Okay, Christ. anything else from As Told by Ginger? Any final thoughts from you, bud? Nah, I'm you good. Need? All right, you wanna move oh, into... Oh, uh... Yeah? We'll say the final yeah. thing is that it ends with sort of a, a, a very uh, kind of lovely moment between Ginger and I think a guy who is kind of sweet on Ooh, her. Ooh, it does. I forgot all about that. Tell me about uh, and, Bleacher's and, Dude. And uh, Bleacher's Dude, you know, they, they kind of have, they exchange a couple words back and forth. And uh, he kind of asks her, he's like, you know, written any sad songs lately? And just in the most non-committal high school way, she just goes, <laughs> maybe you. Maybe. And that's it. That was cool. It was very simple. It was very, it felt very real. It felt very honest. And like nothing was too crazy. Well, it, it did. Because like, leading oh. up to that, Ginger was just sitting on the bleachers by herself watching, uh, watching Darren, you know, out there playing football again. And she's just kind of like moping over that. And then this, yeah, dude kind of 
10 Things I Hate About You, Heath Ledger Dude, comes down from, uh, from the bleachers yeah, and strikes up conversation. So that was, that was kind of cool. It was a nice moment there. Dare I say it was a sweet moment. A sweet moment. Also never happens in real life. Sorry, kids. Yeah. No, Moving okay. on. All right, so that's our opinion, but there are second opinions out there. It's time to find out who loved it, who hated it. You've got loved it. I can't wait for you to read this one. This is an IMDb review. <laughs> You're going to love it. Oh, uh, God. Uh, is, this, is this I Lead Punisher? Or I Lead Punisher is one of the two. I Lead, I lead Punisher uh, from the Netherlands. This is uh, two, two years after As Told by Ginger was off the air. So uh, 2006, it says, Great A10 for this. 10 out of 10 stars. <laughs> I really like this show a lot. I am now watching season three. I watched them all. Smiley face. <laughs> I just watched the one Ginger is in the hospital. I hope Nickelodeon will send the wedding frame out to smiley face. Attend for this when the season is over and I'm going to record them on DVD. Smiley face. I'm going to stay up late now and then watch one to 60. Smiley face. So the makers of this cartoon, you're great. <laughs> the theme song is really good. Greets. I lead Punishers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, was, Sean was doing a really good job of adding punctuation where they had left it out because there's not, there's, there's no, no period, there's no comma throughout. They use smiley faces for, for full stops. <laughs> it would be like if this person wrote like an old-timey telegraph Instead of full stops, they would just use broad smiley faces. Oh, and wouldn't God. it be a better time, honestly? So good. Honestly. All right. You've got a, you've got a review for us now, yeah. so let's get they into loved it. Let's get into this. This guy hated it. And, I, and once again, I had to edit heavily because this was a rambling hate fest, but I'm going to get through it as quickly as possible. From B. Bethel 66 from Buffalo, New York, back in 2003. This is titled, A Bogus Effort. <laughs> As told by Ginger is the most recent entry in Klasky Chupo's string of bad cartoons. As soon as I saw the previews during summer 2000, or years earlier, I easily foresaw another stinker based from the three previous cartoons. This stuff about Klasky Chupo's crappy cartoons might sound repetitive, but just remember that I'm not alone with hating KC. As told by Ginger has boring storylines, and none of the characters are very likable. Ginger has two or three ugly friends, a stuck-up bully, and an annoying little brother who's nothing more than the one-note character of that description. The show's artwork and character designs are ugly. Not as bad as Rocket Power, but worse than the Thornberries. Nickelodeon, who are they kidding? They are not the, quote, network that gives you what you want, end quote. It's all a bunch of repulsive lies. They got rid of almost all of their game shows, variety shows, sitcoms, and dramas for a lousy cartoon menu with Slime Time Live, Snick, and Teen Nick as side dishes. Except for some of the recent Nicktoons, as I've said in my other reviews. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, oh. <clears throat> they don't even try to improve themselves. As told by Ginger was never destined to be a winner, and Nick is foolish for even trying. Nick should give all four of those Klasky Chupo cartoons the heave-ho and bring back some of those good shows they used to have. Oh, that fuck. review These was written so by strong. Donald Trump. <laughs> I love it. It's all a bunch of repulsive lies. Nickelodeon. The, the wrong. Wrong-headed liars. Oh, God. Well, this is it's time for our recommendations now. So I don't know if you were swoo- uh, swooed. I don't know if you were swayed by B. Bethel C. Six. I was certainly swooed. You wear blue him. suede shoes on I this. Was swooed <laughs> by him. Uh, Do you recommend? No, I recommend. I recommend it. 
I recommend awesome. is Told by Ginger. Awesome. I will do the okay. same. I really kind of want to go back and watch more from the beginning, if only to see the character progression from the end or from the beginning till pretty much this point, because this is about where it ends. It's not too far yeah. from the end here. So, yeah, really, really mm-hmm. well done for a Nicktoon. Very surprisingly well done. Yeah. Cool. I agree. All right. So that's two for two. And I will say that, you know, for the, the criticism that we had about uh, Klasky yeah. Chupo and their art style, this one seems less Klasky Chupo ish with like their kind of crazy squiggly yeah. lines than Rugrats or the Wild Thornberries or anything else that we've seen by Klasky Chupo. This one seemed like it was sort of just like. Uh, it, it didn't seem to be as crazy no, in terms was, of the, the line style. Yeah, it was pretty solid. The, the character designs were a little, I mean, they were like a classic Chupo kind of style, but the animation was cleaner. Um, character designs were okay. Took a little getting used to for me, but it's not like a, a, a non-starter for me, but yeah. Classic Chupo. <clears throat> All, right. All right. So, buddy, now that we've talked as told by Ginger, we've got one more Nicktoon for the month, but before we get to that, what do you have coming up in the next couple of weeks? Uh, guys, as always, I'm doing improv comedy in D.C. Uh, you can check me out, uh, witdc.org, uh, for more information and show dates. Uh, also, if you happen to be in the San Diego area, uh, February 17th, I will be performing uh, for the third time <laughs> in a row at the uh, San Diego Improv Festival. So uh, very excited to be back in SD. And uh, just can't wait to get out there. So if you're there, uh, the 17th, February the 17th, um, and I believe you can find more info, just search, or I think it's sdimprovfest.com. Uh, <laughs> we'll have that link oh. up on the show page too, so we'll <sighs> link you to it, no worries. Guys, I'm bad at self-promotion. Uh, also, as always, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Sean Paul Ellis. And you can find Dave, me what are you up to? on Twitter at DrClawMD. You can also find me on Collider.com, Nerdist.com, and DaveTrumbor.com. As for this particular show right here, you can find us on our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash Saturday Morning Cartoons. Remember, that's morning with a U. You can also find us on our very own website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Check us out on Twitter at MorningTunes. Check out Sean's handiwork on our Instagram page. Keep the conversation going on Facebook. Listen to our uh, audio podcast over on YouTube each and every week. And you can feel free to download the audio podcast audio only each and every week through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can also feel free to drop us a line and send us a suggestion for a future episode, uh, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. As for New Year's Nicktoons, we've got one bonus week in January. What are we watching for the final week? Uh, January's just sneaking it in there. So we sneaky. are, of course, going to be watching Invader Zim. We've teased this one over the last couple of weeks because I have not ever seen this. I, I, I know the character, I know what he looks like, but that's about as much as I know. So yeah. this is going to be interesting. I hope we don't uh, upset too many folks out there. We'll see how it goes. I, th- this is really one of those instances where you're just like, I have not watched Invader Zim in a very long oh, yeah. time either, and I've watched a lot of it, and I really don't know how I'm going to respond to it. So, fingers crossed. could be the Voltron effect all over again. We haven't had that for a while. <sighs> Fuck, I don't really want to <laughs> I don't really want to deal with that again. <laughs> well, you're going to have to tune in next week to see what we thought of Invader Zim, but until then, this has been Saturday Morning Cartoons, and thank you for listening. See you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.